Welcome everyone into the Everyday Experience Podcast, a show called It's Probably You. I'm your host, LTB, and today I teased it, and I don't know if you guys believed. I didn't know, you know, what was actually going to come to fruition, but you got to believe in yourself. We talked about this at the beginning of the season. I want to bring John Henry, who is the co-founder of Harlem Capital, as well as the co-founder and co-CEO of Loop Insurance, and he's hopping on the microphone with us today. How are you, John? Hey, what's up, man? Really good, brother. Great to be on the platform with you. Uh, thank you to your listeners for tuning in, and I can't wait to get into it. This is so awesome. I have been following your journey. It has been extremely impressive to see a young brother like you making your waves and doing things that you're doing. So we're not going to touch on all of it. I wouldn't be able to hit all your accolades even if I tried, but let's just give a little snippet to those listeners who may be new to what you have brought to the industry. So not only is John an entrepreneur, three-time founder and a member of the Forbes 30 under 30, man. Like that, that you walk into a room, it's it's gotta feel pretty good to just step in there like, yeah, what kind of questions do you have for me? Uh, but um, I did wanna know, like as I went through and learned more and more about you and read about you, you started your first business at 18? Yes, sir, 18 years young, man. Uh... Yeah, it was a crazy time. And, you know, I was reflecting on it earlier and, um, you know, someone had asked me like, you know, did you know you wanted to get into entrepreneurship or it wasn't anything like that, man. It was just like a natural drive and a natural distaste for employment. Um, and I was like, at least like employment in the classic sense. I think that there's a lot of new age employment that to me looks like good jobs, right? Like you work in creative fields, you work from home, all that stuff. I, I was, I, you know, what was in the cards for me at the time was like regular clock in clock out shit. You got a manager that's telling you what to do. It's yep. really annoying. Yep. And so, yeah, my natural strong distaste of that drove me <laughs> to say, huh, well, if I'm making, you know, 12 bucks an hour here, can I do something to like, just replace the 12? Like, can I do something in an hour that will make me 12 bucks? And then I don't have to be here. So that was kind of like my natural foray into it. And yeah, it became my first business uh, around 18 years old. So did you find that once you got that distaste, I love that you called it a distaste. Once you had that distaste in your mouth, did the entrepreneurial spirit just come running out of you? Or was it more of a, I got to get away from this nine to five business? Was, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, what was mm -hmm. the passion I want my own or I just don't want to do what they're doing? Mm, I would say a bit of both, healthy amount of both. Um, you know, if it was a salad, it was 50-50, man. It was like <laughs> um, when I started dabbling in this new framework where it was a lot more expressive and individual and up to your personal efforts and eat what you kill, I was like, yo, I like this. Um, so it quickly grew into a, a love, I would say, pretty early on. And um, yeah, and like n that's not to say, though, that I didn't observe and wasn't feeling the very scary feeling that you feel when you leave the comfort of an established framework. But that's actually part of what fueled the love. Yeah. It was just like, it was wild. It was uncertain. It was the wild, wild west. Like you're on your own. Like it, I, and I love that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome though, because you, you kind of grew into where you are now. So you had to learn some perspective in order to step into those positions. So can you tell me about some of the times where it didn't go the way that you were anticipating it and what that was like and what you learned from that? So many times, man. 
so many times, bro. Um, I've been evicted. I've been behind. I've been so stressed. I was bleeding out of my nose. I've been, man, through every emotion, bro. This game will bitch. This game will put you through every emotion, and um, that's how you know you have a love of the game when you can withstand every emotion on the palate um from intense highs to intense lows sometimes in the same day and you still walk away feeling like yeah i want to do this it's really easy to feel like you want to do this when you know you're starting when you're first first starting out and you got that beginner's high and even in certain periods of time when you're doing well but you stretch that out over years you are most definitely signing up for a shit storm and yep. if you don't have a, the love of the game then I don't know if you can stay in, uh, stay in the game is is my honest assessment of it all after it's been it's now been 10 years. I'm 28 now. I know. And to be, you know, 30 under 30, but still, you know, you're not even there yet. You haven't even reached that. You still got two extra years to do something great. Uh, so that's got to be a really good feeling in and of itself. And now when I'm looking back, like my first time ever really getting exposed to you was when you were on Vice and you had your own show on Hustle. How was it to like take that business acumen and then be trying to like scale it for other people and bring them up to speed? What was that like? That was that was a lot of fun, man. It was bizarre for me, too, right? Because I'll meet folks that encountered me for the first time on television. Yeah. And that automatically puts me in a certain light where it's like John was on TV, right? Um, but I always and still see myself as the same 18-year-old kid from when I was starting out, getting it out yeah. the mud, hustling. I hope it comes across even when we jam today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in, in many respects, I'm far from that. But in a lot of respects, it's the same old kid. So I think that the bizarre part for me was that I remember an executive at Vice pulled me aside and he was like, yo, John, he's like, I know you see yourself as like the come up kid, like still coming at it. But like you have to understand that when people consume this content and this medium, they're going to see you as like you made it yep. right. Like you made yep. it. And so they're going to be receiving you differently than what you're used to. And that was a moment for me where I can remember feeling an immediate uh discomfort of that because i've i love the relative the rapport and relativity that comes from like yo we're getting there together actually yeah yep. um so that so that was like so that's my thoughts broadly on like what it was like to be on tv but what it was like to like bring my acumen to the show was a true blessing man i mean i had a very unique arrangement in that i was not just a host like that show flowed from me yeah, I, like I produced the show, like I, I chose the businesses. So I had a sourcing team and then I would choose the, the businesses that we would work with. Wow. I would design what it was. It was actually like me meeting them real it was unplanned and me like getting a vibe with them and being like, OK, bet this is what you have to do to take your business to the next level. And so then cool. the production team would mobilize around my sense of uh, what the business should be doing. So. In that sense, man, it was really, really, really awesome. Very unique opportunity, 100%. And I think it, it came through very plainly, at least to me, that you were there. So I, I think that that advice and that thought process that they gave you was true. Because from my perspective, you were there and I was, you know, I'm in the financial field. So somebody like me seeing someone like you, it yep. was just like, yes. But I also, I, I think that oftentimes 
there's a lack of representation, right? So do you ever feel that weight on your shoulders when you're stepping into certain rooms um, to represent being the young black man that you are uh, in, a, in this broader sense of the business world where that's not always there, that diversity isn't always there? Yeah, 100%. I feel that sometimes, but I let it go a lot of the times because um, I've been in that mental trap of like, yo, I'm represent. You know how it is when you're yep, of exactly. color, like you're yep. representing all your people. Um, and you know, at some point that doesn't serve you because it weighs, it absorbs some of your mental bandwidth and it distracts you from actually executing. And so whenever I find myself in these pitfalls of like, yo, I'm like, now I'm in insurance, you know, and I'm starting an insurance yeah. carrier. Yeah. So it's like, all right, now I'm in these very, very white rooms. And it's like, you know, sometimes I do think like, wow, I'm the a, the youngest guy here by 40 years and be the only person of color and see like, yep. I'm the, probably the only one that listens to hip hop or like whatever. <laughs> and like, I do wonder how they see me. They probably see me as like the young hip, like, you know, young butt kid. That's like doing, you know what I mean? I know um, exactly what you, I know exactly what you mean. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that distracts from my bandwidth and my capacity to execute. So I just set that to the side um, and say, you know what? Let me give them something to Marvel at. You know, like, let, let's let the let's let the body of work speak for itself. And like, it's one thing to get there to those tables in and of itself. It's a whole other thing to build the biggest, baddest thing in town. Have them say, damn, it was built by that guy. OK, respect. You know what I mean? Yep, I completely understand because diversity is one thing. Inclusion is another thing. And then being able to actually speak and carry weight. That's where you start to really elevate a little bit. I think that's where that elevation takes place. So I am curious now. I've looked at some of the different ventures that you have. And like I said, we don't have time to get into every single one because you've done so much in such a short period of time. How did you decide to like move into this world with Loop and the idea behind it? Because I'm seeing the way that you're mobilizing. I'm seeing the way that you're hitting social. You're, you're approaching this like a lot of businesses should, but mm. they aren't. They're not thinking about it from a audience receiving it. They're thinking about it from the business behind me. So how did how did you come up with this and how did this become a your vision? You know, how did you get here? I love it, man. I love your questions, bro. Very astute. Um and just like I paid attention, um, dude. I, mean, uh, I, I, I them, did my man. homework, dude. I did my homework. <laughs> Let's go. So look, man, I think you nailed it. I mean, I think I think anytime you can bring you can bring freshness to a stale industry is a winning recipe. And in this particular case, I'm seeing insurance as but a vehicle to deliver empathy at scale. Yeah. Right. Like like your actual job as an insurance carrier is to care for people. How sad is it that the carriers that we know of today beat you over the head with ads, ridiculous humor, and a lot of talk about numbers, but very little talk about people. Yep. You say 15%, you say 20%, you say 30%, you say 40%, you 15 minutes, seven, six, five. And it's like, bro, what happened to the fucking person? Yes. Where did that go? What about the people? What about the communities that you're insuring? What are you doing with your profits? Because as yep. far as I can tell, they're collecting premiums up front, giving you a hard time to pay out claims. And in the meanwhile, you're investing the float and you're making four, set five, six, seven percent off the float. And so that disconnects your incentive with the customers. You're incentivized to hold the premium longer. Yep. Right. So what what about it? What if we build a community first carrier that served this deeply the same community that we insure? And then if we had any net premiums that we take that and we back local businesses, 
we put uh you know a kid we get a kid a grant we get a kid you know an internship you know you know what i'm saying what if you we buy you a coffee for no reason just because we we felt like showing you a little love and we bought the coffee from a local cafe you know it's like i feel like um yeah man i just i feel like um building a community powered insurance company is something that has deeply caught my imagination i'm really excited to execute on when you think about building a community and starting that process and, and that framework that it takes to be able to create that community and sustain it like where do you start building a community yeah it's a great question man and um i really think that we are in the era of community i view community as a moat and as a true differentiator for when a customer comes into your universe there's a lot a lot a lot of spend um and a lot of attention and noise that's being given to your customer to pry them away from you if you think about it right ads you know commercials at any given time all kinds of stuff and so they're going to be price shopping. They're going to be looking around all the time, unless you have uh, a true, uh, I would say an array of positive experiences in your product that keeps them there. And one of those things for us is layering in community into our product. So for example, you're going to be able to see other drivers drive on the platform and you're going to be able to kind of see like where you rank with respect to other drivers and there'll be community goals on the platform so that if, if the, if your city Dallas, um, hits a, or Fort Worth, if they hit a, if you guys hit a collective safety goal, then something positive happens for some member in the community that you care about and other ways like that to just be intentional, um, about weaving community into the actual product experience uh, is something that we're excited about. Um, but even for folks that don't have actual, you know, don't have like a web product that they're deploying, I, I still think you can build community, of course, on social. And again, the way it starts is you got to lead with something that people care about emotionally. Yes. And, and people are not going to naturally care about what you sell unless what you sell has anything to do with like, sports and like there are certain categories that has intrinsic yep. uh, affinity like pets you know pets you know uh thing anything to do with pets anything to do with sports but that aside if you're in any other category which is the majority of people then customers are not going to naturally really give a shit about what you do so leading with a broader mission leading with a broader story and giving them a why to champion and be a true authentic why, um, that's when you start building a movement around your product. And when you build a movement around your product, that is an excellent success for business. That's an excellent recipe for business success. Yeah, I think you're 100% correct. And I love the framework that you guys are working through, though. Your framework is people first. And if you start there, every, every business is now looking at flattening you know, their organization. Everybody's got this term of flattening the organization. That's what everybody's trying to do now. It almost feels like you guys are stepping into that ahead of time. Like you you came in with the level playing field for all parties involved. And I think that's going to be a big differentiator for the success that you have long term. hundred percent, man. And and we we really live these values in every facet of our business. You know, all a hundred percent of employees at Loop get equity in the company. 
100% of Loop customers will have the opportunity to buy equity in the company. And by the way, shout out to Gary V. I spoke to Gary V earlier today. Yeah, I saw that, that you guys were going to oh, You did, you did. So yeah. I, I told him that and he was like, that sounds good, but what happens if you have a down round? And so in, in truth, I wasn't even thinking about the, the possibility of a down round, which just tells you like how I'm definitely in like founder mode. But um, so disclaimer there that we are not guaranteed to pop off. But I really think that with the community behind us, there's no way we won't. That's my honest assessment. So and it's um, all about laying that it's all about laying that found that foundation. And you guys are doing it. You're out there and you're doing things like this, right? Like you're having conversations with other creatives and other people in different spaces. You're giving a platform for other people. Like just the fact that you decided to take the time and come ha have a conversation with me. Obviously, I'm a I'm a fan of yours. I've been a fan of yours for years. So you. to me, this is very nostalgic and you know, in a lot of ways. And I and it was cool. We got to chop it up a little bit. I got to fanboy a little bit. Uh, so that was fun to have that moment with you, but it feels real, right? It feels really authentic. So I, I'm, I am curious. Like, how are you juggling all of these different, uh, these different elements? Like, where do you, how do you time manage? Like, what would be the advice that you'd give somebody else? <laughs> you know, I only just recently have like a much tighter conception of time management because I'll tell you, man, I just ran inefficiently as fuck for years. <laughs> And that actually, to me, I'm okay with that. I think people spend so much time and energy on trying to maximize efficiency before they're really even so busy that you got to worry about efficiency. Yes. You know, so I was okay with just plowing, 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 and I juggling too much, dropping a ball here, dropping a ball there, but apologizing when it does happen and just staying on it with just like, just through sheer force of volition, bring several things forward at once. And then you definitely do hit this point where, you know, um, you'll organically step into more resources. And then the thing that you should do is appoint someone to run your calendar, which I have someone for me doing that now, which is, his name is Nick. He's awesome. He not only runs my calendar, but he also uh, is our team captain at JH Media, right? So that's, oh, very cool. So that's this whole thing that I have going where, where it's like, obviously, I produce a lot of content. We have a team of 12 right now producing content, wow. just churning content. <laughs> and like, that's one of the things that I remember when I announced I was going to do loop, Nick was like, Hey man, let me know if you're going to wind down, you know, the content thing I would understand. And I was like, wind it down. I was like, bro, let's we have to triple up. Let's rev that bad boy up. Let's, yeah. Like this is, you know, <laughs> social media is the plumbing to human connection. Yes. And anytime you want to grow any endeavor, you have to produce more content, not less. So, um, so anyway, yeah, man, that's what it is. Yeah. And I, I, I got to give a shout out to him too. Cause when you reached out to me again, like I told you offline, I was like, this can't be real. There's no way that this is really happening. And then we got everything like locked in and everything's good. And I'm like, this might really be happening today. And, uh, it's been a blessing, man. This has just been so fun for me to like pick your brain and to be able to have these conversations with you. So when you think about like leadership, right, I want to hit on this because this, my podcast, uh, it's probably you, the listeners, they come here because what we talk about is the everyday experience right everyday mm -hmm. perspective i think that oftentimes the stories that we tell every single day that make us laugh that connect us those go unseen for whatever reason we never bring gravity to those and i think in a working environment and even just in life leaders right leaders really drive 
the the relationships that you have and they drive the environment. So when you think about leadership, right, what does that mean to you? Even the word leader, because you notice I didn't say manager, leader. Right. Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean to you and how do you lead? Leaders eat last, man. I subscribe to that. Um, I know a lot of people say, yo, profit first, um, which makes sense. It makes sound sense from a business perspective. But I believe in a heart driven leadership where, yes, I can profit first. But what does that signal to my team? What does that signal to my team? Yo, look out for you. Instead, it's, yo, I got you. I'm eating last. I'm gonna make sure everyone's taken care of. My job is to serve my team. And when you come on my team, I trust you to do what you got to do. Even if you're not at the point where you do know what to fully do, I still trust you. And by the way, you don't, I don't, you don't have to earn my trust. I give you my trust up front. And that saves so much of this weird dance where you're like, well, I got to earn your manager's trust. And it's like back and forth. It's like, yo, I got you. Or I know you're going to hold us down. I'm here to serve you. And that kind of elevate your, um, your team member that you brought in above you. And you say, hey, I'm here to serve you. Watch your team member's confidence develop. Watch that confidence turn into speed. Watch that speed turn into learning. Watch that learning to turn into great execution. Um, and ultimately, that's the difference between a leader and a manager. A manager is a lot more focused on quantitative results. A leader nurtures the person and watches that person grow and the quantitative results follow. You you hit on exactly what this, so the theme of this season has been multipliers and diminishers. That's been the whole entire season is there are multipliers in the business world that have a way of bringing an additional percentage out of a person. A person can only give you X amount of percent, but when you provide empowerment and authenticity, all of a sudden you can multiply that effect because there's trust there versus diminishers. Those individuals who have this, they just, it's all about them. You, you said it correctly. It's all about them. That's how they, that's how they function. That's their comfort zone is to make it about them. Have you run into those diminishing minds in business? And how have you tried to like get away from those diminishing people? Yeah. I don't even attract them anymore. Um, you know, like, like my energy doesn't, uh, naturally, it's just not naturally cohesive with that. And I think I I definitely ran into it early and you, before you learn to put a finger on what it is, you definitely feel it before you put a finger on it. You're just like, yo, I don't like the space. I don't know why, but you're just generally more unhappy in that environment. And then through time and repetition and awareness, you start to call it out. Oh, okay. This is because this person makes me feel this way in this environment. Now, if you happen to be in that position where you have to deal with someone like that, then, you know, just a raise your awareness level that that's what's happening. Like, Hey, this person brings a, a bad energy to the workspace. Um, and then once you've made up your mind that, that, that a, that's true and B, you don't want to be around it, then C, you know, you just work to change up your situation, even if it means taking a couple of steps back. Because you might be surprised at what not having that toxic energy in and around your space allows you to go and flourish and do. Yeah. Right. And so for an entrepreneur, it's easier because you can just say, hey, no, I don't want this client. Hey, no, I don't want you in the company. You know, hey, I think we should go our separate ways as co-founders, let's say. Um, but, for, you know, for people that are employed and such, it's, it's sometimes you have less of a say so. 
Um, but that's something that's definitely worth screening for, man, because your energy and making sure that you feel good in the space and working with people that nurture you is a multi, I love that word. It's a multiplier, bro. Yes. It yes. is a multiplier. You will go from doing one X to 10 X guaranteed. And it's quick though. You're right though. It's with the quickness, man. I feel like when I've been in those situations where I felt empowered, it's almost like I come to work with energy. Like I don't have mm. to get my energy from somewhere else. There's no additional source. Now I'm high energy as it is. Like my audience knows that I'm, a, I'm, I'm on one all the time. But when I'm in a situation where I'm dealing with an administrator, I start to drop. I start to get quiet. Like I can, I can just physically feel the change. So I'm happy that you hit on that. Now, mm. again, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to take up all of your night, but I do have a couple things that I just want to know about you. Um, well, really, I want to hear it from you. Like, what is something that, because you're putting out content all the time, uh, very authentic, very real. I'm, I'm always putting stuff up from you on my own page. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. What would you like people to know about you that they might not, that, they might, that might not be something that's readily known? Um, I mean, I think what I do like people to know about me, I think also is readily known, but I just would like to double score because... People have discovered me at different points throughout my journey. I just like to remind folks, like, I dropped out of college. I dropped out of community college. You know, I came up from a low-income, working-class family, you know, you know, inherited bad credit, um, inherited bad financial habits, um, inherited a, a, a mindset of, like, yo, don't trust that person, you know, inherited a mindset of, like, yo, look out for yourself, Um and I think a lot of our community comes from the same things. And so I think that that's well known, but I just like to double click on it because my reality now, my mindset now is so different from that. I yep. kept all the good things. <laughs> I, I, yes. I kept all the, you know, because there's a lot of love in the hood, actually. And there's yeah. a lot of like, there's a lot of positive traits to it. You I know, love that. We all, we all have them. We all, we all have these outdated ideas that we still believe about ourselves, but we know they're not true. You can just let them bad boys go, man. So that's what I want folks to know, that I got it out the mud. Just like a lot, of, a lot of people start and yep. um, and that you can preserve your old, your full self as you go through the full journey, man. I'm glad that I've stayed 100 percent myself, uh, just like Kanye, six point six billion. Shout out to him. Oh, I know. I could not you believe know. that when I saw that. Boy, but, stayed no, himself. Dude, I, I just want to say again, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for chatting it up with me. If people don't know, like if they're listening to this for the first time and they have no idea how to see you, what is the best way for them to see you on social and, and get in contact with you? I would say definitely head to uh, Instagram. I'm at John Henry Style. Give me a follow. I'll If you DM, I'll DM right back. Um, I try to be good about that. Um, I can attest to that. You have, you have shouted me out and given me some love when I've put your stuff up. So I can attest to it. I appreciate that. So yeah, yes, sir. Hit me up on Instagram. Uh, find Loop, uh, loopinsure.co, loopinsure.co. Um, and yeah, man, I can't wait to rock with you guys. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're, you know, even more connected now. And I look forward to connecting with the community as well. Thank you so much. And you guys know me. It's at LDP. Uh, you can find me in the podcast at it's underscore, probably underscore the letter U and www.itsprobablyyou.com. And remember, if at any point you feel guilty, it's probably you.